Welcome to the Cancel This Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Slatil. This is a podcast where we like to talk about things that many people don't want to talk about because they're scared. But honestly, I'm not. After being a fireman for 22 years and being in some of the most crazy environments and almost losing my life, believe it or not, I'm not really scared of the cancel culture. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show because today we have a great guest. Today's guest is John Schneider. John's extensive acting career has covered four decades. He starred in multiple films and TV series, including, of course, the iconic role of Bo Duke on the Dukes of Hazard. He is also an independent filmmaker. John continues to write, direct, and star in his own films, including the upcoming film Poker Run. He also co-stars with Reba McIntyre in Lifetime's Christmas in Tune, coming out this holiday season. In addition to his incredible acting career, John has over 20 albums to his credit, five number one singles on the Billboard Country Chart. I also want to mention that John co-founded with Marie Osmond, the Children's Miracle Network. John, thank you for coming on to the show. It's such a blessing to have you, man. Hey, I'm delighted to be here. This is great. And I, uh, I love your hats. <laughs> I love your helmets. I love your jacket. I love your flag. I love your, your uh, hook and ladder. I mean, my gosh, that's all just reminds me so much. And the firebox mm-hmm. reminds me so much of my, uh, my grandfather was a volunteer fireman in Katona, New York. Okay. And my daughter right now is a fireman in Thousand Oaks, California. No kidding. A fireman, so, a firefighter. Fire, pardon, no, firefighter. you know what? I, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I will never cancel the term fireman, firewoman, firefighter, but respectfully said. Yeah, you know, I've never heard, <laughs> I've never heard firewoman, actually. But yeah, I guess firefighter is the, uh, is the one that covers across the, across the board. But she's there now oh, that's and so cool. uh, very, very proud of her. Wow. So, uh, so I love your, uh, I love your whole surroundings there. They're fantastic. Thank you for your service, keeping your area safe. It's much appreciated. Well, really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for that. It's a total blessing to know that your uh, daughter is into it too, man. That's great. Great departments down there in uh, Southern California. I'm up here in Northern part of the state. So yeah, really good. All right, man. Well, okay. Now I know you hear this all the time. I grew up watching Dukes of Hazard, I still watch the Dukes of Hazard. man. What got you into acting and how did that happen? And I, I know people hit you with this all the time, but come on, man, I, I, we got to talk about this. <laughs> well, I watched, uh, I was one of those kids in New York that went to the movie theaters every Saturday. So I would see a double feature every Saturday and somehow knew that, uh, you know, I love movies, but some something in my eight-year-old, seven-year-old brain said, that's what you're supposed to do. That's mm-hmm. what you're made to do. That's what you will do when you grow up. So I started with that, uh, that little seed. I started doing his community theater and playing guitar and learned to juggle and learned to do magic and on and on. Any, anything performance-wise I could get my, my brain wrapped around, I started to do. Because somehow I knew that I needed to be ready when the opportunity showed itself to me. So by the time the audition for Dukes of Hazard came around, I'd been doing uh, musical theater and really worked a lot for an 18-year-old. I'd been working for a decade. Mm-hmm. So when, uh, when the audition came about, I, I recognized it as that 
opportunity and went after it with uh, with everything I had. Now, at the same time, that same week, I auditioned for Dukes of Hazard. I auditioned to replace John uh, John Travolta in Welcome Back, Cotter. What? Wow. And to play Robert Duvall's son in The Great Santini. Whoa. So I only got one out of the three, but I think I got the right one. <laughs> you definitely did get the right one. All right. I don't want to spend too much time there, but I put out to my Facebook people. I said, the ones who follow my page, I said, you guys, throw a couple of questions about the Dukes of Hazard you want to know about. And then we're going to move on from that topic. Okay. There's just so much more I want to go. All right. Number one was how many cars did you guys wreck? Uh, 329. <laughs> Wow, that's why that's, price- that's just the general league. Wow, that's I so double double that number at least for uh, cop cars. That's so great. Uh, number two, a little more on the controversial side. Not too long ago, there was a lot of chatter going around about that show not being correct and and not being right in today's society and getting canceled out. What are your feelings on that chatter when that all came out? It's all nonsense. Thank Absolute you. nonsense. One of the best, uh, most unifying television shows as far as families are concerned. Of course, if, you're, if your agenda is to separate families, then of course right. you would want to eliminate Uncle Jesse and Daisy and Bo and Luke from your, uh, from your weekly watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is they're so, they're so secure in their BS that they actually think we believe it. Right. right? So uh, it's absolutely nonsense. Number one, the flag on the top of the car is actually the rebel flag. It's not the Confederate flag at all. It's a, that's an entirely different design. Right. So they aren't, even, they aren't even correct within their own BS politically correct, uh, an overused word perhaps today, narrative. Right. Right. So I, it's I nonsense. Totally yeah, no, it totally is. And that's what drives me nuts. And, you know, that's one of the reasons my heart was to start up this podcast. And, you know, obviously, I, everything I do is faith based. I try to direct people to the Lord. But I have noticed over the past few years, the cancel culture comes in and tries to cancel out anything that is wholesome and doesn't follow their agenda, their narrative. And when I heard about, you know, all these TV shows being canceled, I actually went back and started watching all the episodes. And my boys who are 13 and 15, and we live out here in California. And John, just to be clear, just because I live in California, I'm not California. <laughs> <I know>. Okay. <laughs> what I tell everyone, I'm like, everyone says, well, if you move out, don't bring California with you. I always tell people, hey, y'all sent your crazy relatives out here and ruin my state. Come on now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but but with, with that being said, my boys watched it. And, and not that, you know, there was like biblical stuff happening, but the family values were there in the systems and the friendships and the camaraderie. And even though there were disagreements, there was coming together at the end of every episode, which left you uplifting. And in my opinion, that can't be canceled. No, it can't. But, you know, you have to look at this whole cancel culture nonsense as a good sign. Mm -hmm. If you weren't a threat to the enemy, they wouldn't be bothered with you. Amen. Right. So consider consider that uh, that we have the ball and they're trying to get it back. Mm-hmm. Just don't let them. Yeah. But when you get when you get double teamed, if you're a if you're a uh, basketball player, you look at being double teamed uh, as an indication that you're getting better and better and better, and you're more of a threat. So have a shift with that, and be up. Besides that, I left California. Alicia left California a uh, number of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, for for many reasons, we left Hollywood. I, I, pardon me, California. California is a beautiful state. 
Okay. I'm from New York. New York is a beautiful state. We have our warts also. <laughs> so right. when, uh, when I left, I wanted to build my own, uh, uh, own business, own company with regard to uh, development, filming, and distribution of movies, television, and music. So that's what we do. Um, and we don't, we don't try to then sell our content to a corrupt system. We are not right. remotely interested. Uh, I don't want to sleep with the enemy. Right. Right. Uh, I don't believe you can go down an independent road, independent, 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 and then have the final thing you do be compromise. Wow. So we don't do that. Wow. Um, and because of that, we have our own distribution arm. And we are we are uh, I tell people we, we picked up our shovel mm -hmm. and our little bucket and we left the sandbox. And then we had a choice. We could go find another sandbox to be in uh, where we were like minded. Or we could build our own sandbox. Right. Uh, and when I met my my bride, Alicia, uh, that's when we started building our own sandbox. That's uh, so good. We have, uh, very similar aspirations, very similar goals, two entirely different skill sets. And because of that, we've made 10 films in the last seven years. That's what's so amazing. That's where I was going to go to. And thanks for leading over to that was how you, you do family based films and, and you you. I, let, let's be honest. My guess would be is if you guys decided to stay in Hollywood and quote sleep with the enemy as we we're talking about, chances are there'd be a lot more money involved and in, in stuff that uh, with all the studios. You know, actually, that's a that's a lie. Oh wow. Okay, great. Well, let's lot, hear about that. There's a lot of risk involved in what we do. Mm -hmm. But if if you if you play the game their way and you hit a home run, they take all the money. Right. Now there might there's less risk because someone is paying you to to uh, basically feed them to feed their coffers. Right. In the independent world, if you have a success and you have not sold out, you make all the money. Right. Okay, that makes so sense. So you get to do it again and again and again. And let me let me clarify something here. By the way, we make uh, Poker Run is a is a family film. It is a uh, uh, there's a little language in it because it's Smokey and the Bandit based, right? Right. right. Stand on it is has every bit of language that Smokey and the Bandit had. Christmas Cars has no no language in it whatsoever. That's absolutely for everybody. But we also make uh, crime drama and things. Okay, so I don't I don't want to give people the impression that anything they see that we make is something they can watch with their family because right. that's not true. Yeah, totally understandable. I mean, okay. you know, they're, they're, what I always like to try to explain it is we have the shows we watch with our kids. Then we have the shows that when the kids go to bed, we continue to watch. Are they right. totally filthy? No, they're not. And I'm going to stay away from that area. But I totally get that. I appreciate you bringing that to light because there, there's so many people out there craving good media from a, a Christian standpoint or also from a cleaner standpoint where it's not directing people to the nonsense of the the narratives that are being pushed to every single movie out there. Right. So I, I really appreciate that about you, man. That's, well, that's in, several, in several of our movies, one thread that runs through is that sometimes in a, in a perfect world, bad things do happen to bad people. <laughs> so, uh, and then another one that runs through is uh, sometimes due to circumstances beyond their control, good people are forced to do very bad things. Mm -hmm. So that's another thread that runs through uh, through some of our films. Uh, 
So I just want to put that put that out yeah. there. Yeah. Okay? No, that's great. That's, I, that's I put great. a little uh, uh, I put a little rating on them anyway. You know, I'll mm-hmm. say, hey, note, don't watch this with the kiddos. Right. Right. Or hey, get some popcorn and watch this with the kiddos. Oh, that's so, so good, man. I yeah. appreciate that. So now. My guess is everything you do, uh, it falls back. Not that you're you're putting er- everything as a faith based movie, but as a man of Christ, um, you you fall back on that a lot. And I've seen that in a lot of your stuff. So here's where I'd like to kind of transition to, if you wouldn't mind. What point of your life did you become a Christian? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, after Dukes, um, and it was a, a very. Uh, small perspective change. It was kind of like this, <laughs> you see, yeah. kind of like that, you know, it's not, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman had a great song about, are you, are you waiting for lightning? Are you, are you listening for thunder? Uh, right. as he quietly whispers your name. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a church in church of the Valley playing uh, music with a friend of mine as just a, a guest guitar player. And I saw, I saw an event where, a. a huge black man helped a little crippled old white fella up off the ground after a prayer. And there was a hug that they shared. And in that hug that they shared, it meant I I realized what people were talking about with regard to unconditional love. Right. Don't, don't ask me why I don't know. But in that, in that, I saw something that society said did not exist. Here's a big Mr. T gold chains, black Mm -hmm. man, uh, obviously shared a love for, for something with this little old fella that uh, I wanted to uh, know more about. And as soon as you get in that mindset, I want to know more about that, then that happens and uh, the floodgates are open. Right. So I'd always known though, uh, um, I'd always known that, that we're here for something. Uh, and like I said, with regard to watching the movies and things when I was uh, when I was little in Mount Kisco, New York, uh, did I want to be in the movies? Absolutely. But I knew I was going to be right. I knew that's what I was built, designed, fashioned to do. So it never occurred to me uh, and still doesn't that that I'm not going to thrive at that. Right. Right. And you could say you could say I've thrived so far in the last four decades that I've thrived, but really right. from my perspective, uh, I'm just getting started. That's so cool. That's so good. It's it, you know because all we do, if you really think about it, is a ministry. You know, if we we believe that we were created by God, that everything He gave us, He wants us to use to help other people. And when you mentioned the way that you saw that man helping that other man. Dude, I totally get it because as a fireman in West Oakland, I came to Christ, I jokingly say, in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah, okay, because my firehouse was right below the Bay Bridge there, below Berkeley, and on the other side was San oh, wow. Francisco. Yeah, and and the things I witnessed and the fatality fires and the horrible things I witnessed because I, I grew up as an atheist and I didn't come to Christ until I was 28 years old. And it happened after a series of events of watching a jumper go off the Bay Bridge and recognizing my own eternal fall that was happening and and going and seeing just the hideousness of this world. But what was kind of cool is God spoke to me through those situations and how now I've been able to take, you know, a hundred thousand emergencies that I've responded to 
and use them to bless other people. Kind of like what you're doing in the movies. You're taking all your skills, everything God's given you, and being able to bless people on so many levels, including entertaining them, which in this dark, fallen world, we need some great entertainment. So kudos to you for that, man. I super oh, appreciate you're, you're, that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I think uh, having a night of laughter and fun is a, yeah. is a, uh, is a good thing. Oh, I'm you in know? total, total grief. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a very important thing. And I think we need to do a whole lot more of it. Yeah. So I was reading a few things here. And one that really caught my eye, obviously, was just because of who he was and who his wife was. But Johnny and June Cash, June Carter Cash, right. but Johnny Cash, you got to spend some time with them. Can, can I hear about that, if you wouldn't mind? Well, we did a movie called Stagecoach together. And then uh, and then I lived with John and June for over a year. Wow. There in Hendersonville, so we were uh, we were best buddies, uh, and it really had very little to do with music. Uh, we were just like um, at that point, you know. You look back on on Johnny Cash, and you look back on Waylon, and you look back on Ray Charles, and right. we've got this. You know, the world knew that you know, the world was treating them like they were Elvis and the Beatles wrapped all wrapped together. Well, that's not true. When uh, when John and I were were best friends, uh, his record label had dropped him. Uh, so at at that point, uh, and Walk the Line didn't get it. Walk the Line was great, but it didn't get into that. Right. So we were we were kind of two misfit performers that happened to be <laughs> in the same movie at the same time, who were also. He was legendary to me and come to find out I was legendary to him. They never missed the Dukes of Hazard ever. Right. Uh, in fact, John sang a song called the General Lee on the Dukes of Hazard album. Yeah. But um, so we were we were, I think, in the in the truest sense of the word, we were commiserating. Right. So we understood one another very, very well. And by virtue of that, we could go fish and and Man. hang out. Uh, I went in the studio one time when he was, uh, doing, there's a wonderful, uh, uh, series of tapes or, or DVDs, CDs, mm -hmm. pardon me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I can't remember what they're called anymore. Where either. John, yeah. <laughs> where John reads the Bible and it's, it's fantastic. So uh, I was hanging around in the studio when he was doing that. So it was really great. And he was, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the, the greatest thing about him in the world of, uh, of being a Christian is he was a Christian uh, who never hid his scars, mm -hmm. who never pretended that he didn't remember what it was like not to be a Christian. So uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful experience watching him navigate his own demons. Right. Uh, which when you, you I mean, everybody's got them, they're just different with, uh, with different people. But a lot of people pretend they're not there. Mm-hmm. And I, I call BS on that. Yes. 100%. And John never did that. So uh, it was a, he was a wonderful example of someone who was a believer and a worker of his faith. Yeah. You know, and that's so good because I, I love that you shared that because transparency is so important, especially since I've been thrusted into doing ministry stuff. I tell people, you know what? The first 18 years of my life were absolutely hideous. You know, I was raised by a single Vietnam veteran who took the demons of his past out on me. And then 
I immediately became a fireman at the age of 18. And for 10 years, I was taking on all the struggles and everything. And I had nowhere to, to leave them because I wasn't a Christian yet. And so whenever I write, whenever I talk with people, Christian or non-Christian, like I dive back into that because people say, well, you're new. Well, yeah, I'm totally new and I'm safe forever. But my past also made me who I am now. And I like mm -hmm. to dig back into that and tell people that I, I'll never say, I know how you feel. Cause I cannot stand that because right. everyone's going, right. Oh, I hate that. It's like, you're having pain, but I want to bring empathy. And then the act of true sympathy to the picture by stating, you know what, I've walked in some dark places and this is where I'm at. And I think when you do that transparently, it's so much better as opposed to some grandioso uh, big time pastor has the perfect life, perfect life. Well, how are we going to bond to that? Because that's fake, man, unless you show the yep. realness of what your struggle. So that, thanks Absolutely. for sharing that, man. You're welcome. So, yeah. So before we go in and talk about these films that you have coming out here and uh, just uh, I think just a few days, actually, we're down to now. Could you do me a favor and just speak in to the cancel culture? And a friend of mine, Billy Hallowell, calls it the cancer culture, which I really appreciate that. Well, what's your take on, on the cancel culture from your view right now and things that are going on? I think they're scared. I think they are, they're desperate and they're scared. They're trying to get a, uh, a grip on an industry and on a people who are really not interested so they're, uh, they're making loud and obnoxious uh, seemingly leaps, but they're really not. They just have control of, uh, they're really good at the internet. Right. There's not that many of them. Right. You know, I mean, the, the illusion in, in war, one of, the, one of the, uh, the arts and the art of war is to have your enemy think that there are more of you than there are. Mm. And they're very good at that. Right. But I, I think it's just, it's just nonsense. Now, on the other side, um, if that culture cancels you, if they kick you out of their club, mm -hmm. rejoice. Because why in the world would you want to be a member of that club anyway? Amen. That's what people seem to forget. Groucho Marx knew it. Groucho Marx said, why would I join a country club that would have me as a member? Wow. <laughs> That's so a don't look at it. Don't look at it as, oh, woe is me. Right. I can't, I can't hang out with the heathen anymore. No, just go, oh, thank God, because they were driving me crazy anyway. Oh, man, that's your so choice, good. Start your own, start your own uh, sandbox. Oh, bro, I love that, man. Thanks for pouring that into to the listeners out there, because they're going to totally love that. John, let's talk about these two new movies you have coming okay. out. What's going on? Well, we have... Uh, Last year, we did a movie called uh, Stand On It, which was a tribute to Smokey and the Bandit. Mm -hmm. And long story short, I talked my way onto the set of Smokey and the Bandit and wound up in the movie for one second mm -hmm. uh, in 1976. So Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham became very dear friends of mine. And when Burt passed away, uh, my bride and I decided to do a tribute to Smokey and the Bandit. Because really, in the in the world of Southern horsepower comedy, which is what I call it. I love that. Um, oh, man, I love that. I'm stealing that from you, by the way. Okay, yeah, I love yeah, that. Take it. Take it. <laughs> there's, there's really nobody that has the pedigree or understands the recipe, I don't think, better than me. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I and agree. it's not because I'm great. It's not because I'm amazing. It's because I'm a car guy. Right. Who loves to squeal his tires and, and uh, break the rear end loose on a dirt road. I'm that guy. Nice. So, so we made that film last year, and it did really, really well for us. 
and introduced a whole new set of characters in that movie. Mm -hmm. So this year we've done a sequel to that and it's called Poker Run. So in in this movie, the same characters that were in Stand On It all get uh, backed by the, the bad guy who's a very boss hog kind of a bad guy. Nice, cool. They get backed in uh, one single hand of Texas Hold'em. They each get $500,000 to bet with. And at the end, winner takes all. So it's a, it's, it's kind of a Duke's theme where Boss Hog is trying to <laughs> destroy friendship by, by uh, introducing greed. Right. Okay? So that's what Poker Run is. We're, we're cars on dirt. We're boats in the water. We're like Gator. We're like Smoking the Bandit. We're yeah. like Dukes of Hazard. We're like all of that. And that comes out um, on Orange Friday. We Orange call Friday. It Orange Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yes. In, in honor of the General, General Lee. Lee. I love that, man. Yeah. I was hoping that's where you were going to go with I'm like, oh, please bring yeah, up the so, General so Lee. My, that's my culture has canceled Black Friday. <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you. It's God. now Orange Friday. <laughs> oh, praise God, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I love so it. So that's, uh, that's when that movie comes out. And oddly enough, at the same time on the same day, um, which was not any plan of mine or Alicia's or anyone, mm -hmm. we have uh, Christmas in Tune comes out that night as well. And that's a film uh, on Lifetime with Reba McIntyre and myself, where we play uh, divorced entertainers. Uh, we used to be a duo, kind of like uh, Kenny Rogers and, and Dottie West. But mm -hmm. in this movie, we were married and that, then we separated. And now we have to come together for one event and neither one of us want to do it. I, have, I think it's quite wonderful. Oh, that's great. So, uh, so check that out. And that's going to be with Reba McIntyre on the Lifetime, correct? On the Lifetime. And then where lifetime. can yeah. where can they find Poker Run? Where will that be? Released? Poker Run. Easiest thing to do is get my app. Okay. Okay. It's called John Schneider. You can get it on your phone. It'll work on your phone, your desktop, your laptop, anything. Uh, if you don't want another app, then go to johnschneiderstudios.com. johnschneiderstudios.com. That is the store. There's so many addresses to remember. Right. Our no, don't worry. We'll our list streaming them out. service is called Cineflix, D-O-D.com. That's C-I-N-E-F-L-I-X, D-O-D.com. And uh, you'll be able to stream that starting Orange Friday as well. So actually, Thursday night at 12.01, it'll become available, available for everyone. And we really, Jason, we want to hit this. Right. Uh, we want a grand slam with this. Oh, for sure. Um, no. Suffice it to say, stand on it was was a home run for us. Now we want a grand slam because we'll then be able to do the next one and we'll be able to continue doing the things that we want to do. I'm not somebody that likes to ask anybody right. for money, but I am someone who will sell you something. Right. And I promise you that Poker Run, if you like Dukes of Hazard. If I've made you laugh or chuckle in the last 40 years or the last 27 minutes, then I want you to go to John Schneider Studios, get a copy of Poker Run, get a copy of Stand On It, get a copy of Christmas Cards. They're all great if you were a Dukes lover or a Smoking the Bandit lover. These are right down your alley. That's perfect. Man. And, and so for those of you out there listening, here's the deal. 
you know, you, you got the Netflix, the Amazons and all that, but come on now, they're the biggest contributors to the cancel culture. Over here, we have an independent filmmaker making amazing stuff who is also an icon when it comes to just awesome shows and entertainment. So my friends, please, please, please check out all of these sites. I will have them listed out for you guys. So we as brothers and sisters in Christ can come together and just find some good entertainment while just turning our backs on, on Hollywood. Cause we don't cancel people. We just got a different sandbox to play in. As the John that's right. So that's, that's right. John, thank you so much for hanging out with me, man. I mean, it, it, it's just warm my you heart to be able to hang out. Yeah, man. You're very welcome. It's been a delight. Uh, thank you again for your service. Uh, thank you for your shrine there to uh, the wonderful firefighters in your beautiful state. And I look forward to seeing you down the road sometime. For sure, brother. Thanks again, man. Hey, you have a great day. Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.